We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go. Episode 477 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. Uh, I am taping this segment of the podcast in the 4 a.m. Eastern hour on Tuesday. Let's see what time it is. 4.34 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday. It is not often that we have breaking or developing sports news uh, when I'm taping this podcast in the overnight slash early morning hours. But as I'm recording this, uh, we do have news. Uh, A suspended and postponed game on Monday Night Football. Uh, The Cincinnati Bengals leading the Buffalo Bills 7-3 in the first quarter. The game suspended and postponed due to a horrendous occurrence. The collapsing of Bill safety, DeMar Hamlin. Uh, He took a shot to the chest in tackling receiver T. Higgins on a 13-yard reception. Hamlin got up, and he then collapsed. Uh, An absolutely frightening scene. The Bills at 1.48 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday tweeted the following, quote, DeMar Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest following a hit in our game versus the Bengals. His heartbeat was restored on the field, and he was transferred to the UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment. He is currently sedated and listed in critical condition. End quote. Uh, Just a terrible, awful situation. Uh, Thoughts and prayers with DeMar Hamlin and his family. The Bills took DeMar Hamlin in the sixth round of the 2021 NFL Draft at a pit. Uh, He this season has emerged as a starter for the Bills. Uh, He's actually a really nice story. Uh, And so, you know, all that you can do is uh, hope that he survives, you know? I mean, I hate being as blunt as that, but that really is what this is about right now, survival. Uh, I have no idea what the NFL is going to do about this Bills-Bengals game. Uh, What is a big game in terms of the AFC playoff picture and what will be a tricky game to complete given that this was the final game of Week 17 and what is, of course, an 18 week regular season. But, you know, right now, what to do about Bills-Bengals isn't 
the most pressing issue. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. I wish that we had something lighter with which to start the show, but uh, we do not. Uh, But coming up on the show is a lot of commander's conversation. Uh, We on Monday afternoon had the day after the game Zoom press conference of head coach Rod Rivera of the not so good Sunday for his team. Uh, First it falling to 7-8-1 with the ugly 24-10 loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field, then the Commanders being officially eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, Ron on Monday afternoon talked about a lot of things, and I, over the course of the show, am going to get into every significant thing that Ron said, including the state of the Commanders three years into his tenure as the team's head coach in a coach-centric approach, uh, how quarterback remains the team's number one problem, Uh, How Ron is approaching the team's season finale, home to the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday afternoon at 425, as yes, the NFL on Monday afternoon did announce the Week 18 schedule, Uh, Commanders Cowboys at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 425, a game in which the Commanders have no business starting Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke at quarterback and absolutely should be starting Sam Howell at quarterback. I will present the case for that. Uh, Also, Ron, on Monday afternoon, addressed what has been going on with the commander's defense. I'm going to talk about that and more. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I think that I may have gotten a record amount of feedback via tweets and emails to the commander's loss to the Browns and the commanders being officially eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, Just so you know, I read everything and I get a lot out of the tweets and emails uh, because, you know, this show obviously is me with some guests. And so it's good to read other people's perspectives and ideas. I learn a lot uh, from the tweets and emails. So thank you for sending them. Uh, Email from Kyle Goins, uh, writes Kyle, Carson Wentz's performance was vomitous. (laughs) This team is such a dumpster fire. Sell the team. Bring in Jeff Bezos and get that stupid pig out of my face. Uh, Thank you for the email, Kyle. Not a fan of Major Tutty, I take it. Uh, Not sure if vomitous is a word, but uh, I guess it is now. You know what's funny about Jeff Bezos is that we have no idea whether he would be good as an NFL owner. Uh, We know that he did a great job in founding and developing Amazon and making billions of dollars off Amazon. But does all of that mean that he would be great as the owner of the commanders? But of course, it would be almost impossible for him to be worse than the current owner. And so there is a longing for Jeff Bezos, even though, again, he is a total unknown as an NFL owner. Uh, And yeah, going back to the debut of the commander's new mascot, Major Tutty, you know, you talk about the exact opposite of a game in which you want to be doing something like debuting a new mascot. That hideous loss to the Browns at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon with not just the commanders losing, but fans booing the starting quarterback, Carson Wentz, and calling for Carson to be benched. And some fans even throwing stuff out of the field. (laughs) Yeah, welcome, Major Tutty. Uh, Email from Jim D. Writes Jim, they all need to go. Top three priorities this offseason are the completion of the sale of the team, finding a new and modern coaching staff, and drafting a quarterback in that order. But at least Tutty was nice. I don't mind him. He's cool. Uh, Thank you for the email, Jim. Glad that you liked Major Tutty. 
Uh, I like the off-season priority list there, but you know the closest thing to a timeline for the sale of the team has been the sale being completed in March. Uh, Fox Sports NFL insider Jay Glazer on Fox NFL Sunday on November 6th said that the hope was to have the sale finalized by the NFL League meeting in March. Uh, the NFL's head coaching cycle uh, happens in January and February. And if Dan Snyder is selling the commanders, ain't no way that he wants to be paying off the contracts of Ron Rivera and his staff prior to selling the team. Like, why would Dan want to incur that cost, a cost that would easily be in the tens of millions of dollars? And so what's crazy is that Ron Rivera actually might be one of the more secure head coaches in the NFL right now. (laughs) I know that very few of you listening want to hear that, but that may well be where we're at. Uh, Email from Rich on what should be the commander's plan for their season finale against the Cowboys this Sunday afternoon, writes Rich, no need to play Chase Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Terry McLaurin, or anyone else who you're sure about. This is the only chance that you may get to evaluate younger players under live game conditions. Ron Rivera, the GM, should win over Ron, the coach. Uh, Thank you. For the email, Rich, well, what's interesting about that is this. If we all agree that the commander should start Sam Howell at quarterback this Sunday, then if you're trying to evaluate Sam, you do want to give him a proper supporting cast. So I would say if anyone is dealing with injury to any significant degree, no, he should not play. Uh, But I would like to see what Sam looks like throwing to receivers Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dodson. It's a fine line, no doubt, because you don't want anyone getting hurt in what is a meaningless game for you from a standing standpoint. Uh, You don't want anyone worsening a significant ailment in what is a meaningless game for you from a standing standpoint. And let's also make this clear. You also want the commanders to lose the game. The commanders winning this game against the Cowboys would mean nothing other than lessening the commander's positioning in the 2023 NFL draft. I mean, personally, I don't care about this game from a standpoint of the commanders-Cowboys rivalry or the commanders potentially spoiling the Cowboys winning the NFC East or anything like that. So you're walking a fine line. You want to evaluate Sam Howell. You want to see him with a proper supporting cast. You want him to do well, but you also want the commanders to lose the game. That is quite the needle that we're trying to thread, but not impossible. Well, something that is very possible right now is getting a great deal on a home in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, The current market offers great opportunity. Uh, Yes, mortgage rates have gone up, but that has led to an increase in housing inventory, and that increase is driving down prices. You right now can get really good homes in the Washington, D.C. area at bargain prices. And remember, you can always refinance once the mortgage rates come back down, and they will come back down. And so if you or someone who you know is interested in buying a home in the Washington, D.C. area, Contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit closeitwithkell.com. That's closeitwithkell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt has his finger on the pulse of developments all around the D.C. area. He is a DMV native. He lives and breathes the culture. He has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to local neighborhoods and economical development and schools and market conditions and all that makes the Washington, D.C. area unique. And Kellen Hunt closes deals. He wins. He is here for you to listen to what you want 
and then get you what you want. No matter your age, family situation, or financial situation, Kellen Hunt can help you. He is a real estate agent for real people, and Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Who doesn't want some extra money right now? Give it inflation. Kellen Hunt knows what buyers like you are facing, and he wants to help. So visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. See what Kellen Hunt can do for you by booking an introductory call with Kellen Hunt at CloseItWithKell.com. If you are trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kel. Visit CloseItWithKell.com and tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. Well, as I talked about on Monday's show, episode 476, uh, Sunday, New Year's Day, the day on which the Commanders fell to 7-8-1 with the 24-10 loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field and ultimately were eliminated from postseason contention. Uh, That day was the three-year anniversary of the Redskins officially announcing the hiring of Ron Rivera as head coach. Uh, It's funny how things play out, right? Quite the way for Ron to commemorate his three-year anniversary as the head coach of a team that (laughs) has had three names since he became its head coach. Well, Monday, January 2nd, was the three-year anniversary of Ron Rivera's introductory press conference as Skins head coach. Uh, That was the press conference at which Skins owner Dan Snyder famously screwed up and instead of saying Happy New Year, said, yes, Happy Thanksgiving. First off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes, Danny, same to you. Well, we on Monday afternoon, January 2nd, 2023, had another Ron Rivera press conference. Uh, This a day after the game Zoom press conference off the oh-so-disappointing Sunday for our commanders. Uh, In the coming segments, I'll address the more immediate picture stuff with the commanders, but this segment... Some bigger picture stuff. Uh, Here was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on the progress over these last three years that he's most proud of. Well, I think some of the things that we've done defensively, uh, I think that's, you know, that's a big step in the right direction, more so than anything else. Um, I think we've got a good core, good nucleus of young players uh, surrounded by um, some, some, uh, you know, a few veteran guys that, that can help lead us going forward. Uh, that's what I look at is I, I think we've got that. I mean, you look at our skill positions, um, you know, I think wide receiver and, 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 and running back are, are two really good skill positions for us right now with some young players that, that are, you know, going to just get better with time. Um, I, I think uh, defensively, we know what the defensive line's about. I, I think those guys have really kind of come together and, and, and have really bought into the way Jack and, uh, and, and the defensive staff use them. Um, I think we found our, our, our through-the-middle guys in terms of our safeties. Um, I think Jamin's come along well. Uh, if we can get Cole back out healthy, I think that, that group can be a good tandem of, of, of linebackers and DBs. So I think we're trending in the right direction. As I said, though, I think it is really about the young nucleus of, of players that we have. A lot of homegrown guys are here. And, um, you know, to, to be able to handle and deal with it, that's probably the biggest thing that, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to is, is the development and growth of that group. 
Yeah, you know, nobody is feeling great about the commanders under Ron Rivera right now. Nobody is feeling stupendous about the commanders under Ron right now. Uh, Sunday was a really bad day in a lot of ways, but what Ron said in that cut that I just played for you is true. Look at key commanders players and their age seasons for this season. Uh, With the offense, receiver Terry McLaurin, age 27 season. Uh, Receiver Curtis Samuel, age 26 season. Receiver Jahan Dodson, age 22 season. Uh, Running back Brian Robinson Jr., age 23 season. Running back Antonio Gibson, age 24 season. A lot of youth at the skill positions for the commanders on offense. There are other guys who could have thrown into the mix as well. And then with the commander's biggest strength, their defense, uh, interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen, age 27 season. Interior defensive lineman Deron Payne, age 25 season. Uh, interior defensive lineman John Ridgeway, age 23 season. Edge defender Montez Sweat, age 26 season. Edge defender Chase Young, age 23 season. Edge defender James Smith-Williams, age 25 season. Edge defender Casey Tuhill, age 26 season. Linebacker Cole Holcomb, age 26 season. Linebacker Jamin Davis, age 24 season. Corner Kendall Fuller, age 27 season. Corner Benjamin St. Juice, age 25 season. Safety Cameron Curl, age 23 season. Safety Derek Forrest, age 23 season. All of these key defensive players are in their age 27 seasons or younger. So many of the players are in their age 25 seasons or younger. Uh, And yeah, Deron Payne and Cole Holcomb are in contract season. So it's not like all of these guys are under contract for years to come. I get that. But again, you get the idea. A lot of youth on the commander's defense. So Rod Rivera isn't wrong in touting a nucleus of young and promising, if not already good, players. And this doesn't mean that Ron is doing an outstanding job as Washington head coach in a coach-centric approach, because you can't say that he's doing a great job. He's yet to have a winning regular season over three seasons. He's yet to have a good offense over three seasons. But there is an encouraging nucleus of players in place. It's odd. Ron, this past offseason, prior to the commanders trading for quarterback Carson Wentz, was telling anyone who would listen how well-positioned the commanders were for a franchise quarterback. Remember that? Ron's messaging essentially was, we have everything else, we just need the quarterback. Now, he was wrong about the offensive line, okay? That has been a big disappointment this season. Uh, I would say the tight end has been a big disappointment this season. But Ron's overall messaging of the commanders having talent in place wasn't wrong. There is talent on the commanders. They do have a nice foundation of young players. Uh, The team is just lacking at the most important position in all of sports, quarterback. The trade for Carson Wentz this past March has turned out to be an unequivocal failure. Uh, Carson, in being reinstalled as the commander starting quarterback, beginning with this game against the Browns on Sunday afternoon, had an opportunity. He had an opportunity to alter the narrative of the trade, to make it look maybe possibly not so bad if he played well down the stretch of this regular season, got the commanders into the playoffs, and then played well in the playoffs. But instead, Carson against the Browns had one of the worst performances by a Washington quarterback that we have seen. I mean, he in a big spot 
completely crumbled. So the commander's trade for Carson Wentz is an unequivocal failure. He is not going to be brought back for next season. He is going to be one and done with the commanders. Uh, Taylor Heineke, he this season has done a lot of good and admirable things, but he ultimately has only further cemented himself as a really good backup quarterback who's capable of starting and winning games. The commanders at quarterback are ending their 2022 season exactly as they started their 2022 offseason with extreme uncertainty. We're right back to where we were. Uh, More reflection from Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon on his three years as Washington head coach. Well, I think the biggest thing that, you know, that, that, that's been the toughest thing right now is, is really being able to, to solidify the QB one spot. I mean, that's, that's something that we're continuing working, uh, working. Uh, I believe uh, Ben said that uh, this off season, he'll be helping us to, to look for the uh, QB one. Um, and uh, that's the thing that we got to do. I mean, that, that's, that's, I was asked that question, you know, about eight, nine weeks ago. What's the difference? Well, that, that's the one position that we've got to solidify going forward more so than anything else. Okay, so Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon making it quite clear that he, like most of us, views quarterback as still the commander's number one problem. By the way, you can take that answer from Ron as further reason to believe that Carson Wentz is done with the commanders. Uh, You know, not that you necessarily needed further reason to believe that, but I mean, Ron saying that, uh, that to me is like a flashing neon sign of, yeah, Ron is done with Carson as well. You know, the team will be releasing Carson in the coming weeks. So my wife is from Pittsburgh. Uh, she's a big Steelers fan. Her father had Steelers season tickets for years. Uh, and so I, on Sunday night, was watching some of the Steelers 16-13 win at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, what was the Steelers' sixth win in eight games? The Steelers have gone from 2-6 and six to 8-8, eight and eight, uh, still could make the playoffs. Uh, the Steelers' rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, he on Sunday night continued to demonstrate improvement. Now, Pickett has not been great, and it's far from a certainty that he'll be a franchise quarterback, but he has gotten better as his rookie season has gone on. Uh, The Steelers took Pickett with the number 20 pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. The Commanders passed on taking Pickett in the first round of the 2022 Draft. Uh, They could have had him. They chose not to take him, and maybe that was the right call. But then again, maybe not. You know, you look at Washington in its three drafts under Ron Rivera. The team, in hindsight, could have taken a number of quarterbacks who have turned out to be promising, if not outright good. Uh, 2020, the Redskins had the number two overall pick, could have taken Justin Herbert, Tua Tungavailoa, or Jalen Hurts. Uh, 2021, Washington had the number 19 overall pick, conceivably could have traded up to take Justin Fields or Mac Jones. Uh, 2022, the Commanders had the number 11 overall pick, traded down to number 16, could have taken Kenny Pickett in either spot. This is a hindsight conversation, clearly. And the commanders in the 2022 draft did take quarterback Sam Howell in the fifth round. And I love that pick when it happened. I still love the pick now. And I hope like heck that Sam Howell is the commander starting quarterback for their season finale against the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 425. More on Sam 
next segment. But as we are concluding a third consecutive season of quarterback fail for Washington with Ron Rivera as its head coach, and as we prepare for yet another offseason of quarterback uncertainty for our team, uh, are Ron and his band of merry men the right people to be picking the quarterback? Head coach Rod Rivera, general manager Martin Mayhew, executive vice president of football slash player personnel Marty Herney, are these the right people to be picking the next quarterback on whom the commanders take a swing? Uh, Now, the Martys were not hired by Washington until January 2021, so the 2020 offseason isn't on them. But what we've gotten in terms of significant offseason quarterback moves by Washington in the Ron Rivera era are a trade for Kyle Allen in March 2020, the signing of Ryan Fitzpatrick as an unrestricted free agent in March 2021, the trade for Carson Wentz in March 2022, and the drafting of Sam Howell in April 2022. Uh, Those have been the biggest offseason quarterback moves by Washington under Ron Rivera. How we doing with those moves? Now, what's comical is that the team's best move at quarterback with Ron has been an in-season move, the signing of Taylor Heineke to the practice squad in December 2020. And then Washington shrewdly re-signed Taylor to a two-year contract in February 2021. Uh, This was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on any lessons that he's learned in attacking the quarterback position over his three years as Washington head coach. Coming here and 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 holding Pat for the most part with 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 um, with you know the, the the quarterbacks that were here when we got here, um, and then the second year you know trying to put everything else in place and, and bring a veteran guy in, um, and unfortunately he got hurt, he got hurt in the first game. Um, I think this year looking at it. Trying to find the the right free agent for us, um, I think that's that was one of the things that we felt we could do. Um, it unfortunately that didn't work right now, um, and we'll see. I mean, as I said, we'll get an opportunity to, to to sit down, talk about it, and evaluate it as a staff next week once it's all said and done. And note that Rod Rivera in that cut said that the trade for Carson Wentz quote didn't work right now end quote. And Ron added the right now after an oh so brief delay, because I think that Ron caught himself and realized that just saying that the trade for Carson didn't work would not have been a good look. So you say didn't work right now as if there could be more to come. But yeah, the trade for Carson didn't work. And that became certified with Carson's dreadful performance in the loss to the Browns on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon got asked if he regrets benching Taylor Heineke in favor of Carson Wentz. Here was Ron's answer. No, because to me, it was always about winning and that that, that it was um, in our hands. I mean, we control our destiny, basically, and, and, and that's the truth of the matter. Um, being 0-2-1 in the last three games was probably the thing that really pushed me more than anything else. And that's what I looked at. And as I said, coming off of the uh, off of the last quarter of the, of the 49er game, I was I was relatively optimistic in terms of um, feeling what Carson could do. You know, um, I thought we could run the ball. Uh, I, I think we could have ran the ball a little bit better. And, and, and even though we did run it well, um, and I think that could have helped us a little bit more. But but again, it's it's you know it, the decision was made because I felt we needed a little something. You know, after going 
you know, that stretch of three games being 0-2-1. and Yeah, look, it is far from a guarantee that the Commanders would have won on Sunday afternoon had they started Taylor Heineke at quarterback instead of Carson Wentz. But, you know, Taylor at no point this season has had a game as bad as Carson's game this past Sunday afternoon. There's also this, these postgame comments from Browns linebacker Reggie Ragland on Sunday afternoon. Have you heard about this? Uh, Raglan, quote, if you know football, you know he, as in Carson Wentz, has a slow release, and you know Heineke gets the ball out fast. Like some of the guys I know on the team, they would have preferred Heineke because they know he gets the ball out. You can see it on film, too. They play different with each quarterback. End quote. Jeez. If it's true that Commander's players told Reggie Ragland that they preferred Taylor Heineke over Carson Wentz, uh, that is a bit of a problem. Uh, Now, Ragland went to Alabama. Uh, Among his college teammates were Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, and also Commander's receiver Cam Sims. Uh, Also, Ragland played with Kendall Fuller while both were on the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, sometimes players just like say stuff after games, and maybe Reggie Ragland just said what he said to stir the pot. I don't know what kind of a guy that he is, but uh, Ron Rivera last week making a big to-do of having spoken with Commanders players before announcing the decision to bench Taylor Heineke in favor of Carson Wentz in order to make sure that everyone was on the same page. Uh, These comments from Ragland, not a great look for Ron. Again, if these comments are true. Here was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon with his response to the Reggie Ragland comments. I think, you know, I, I made my, you know, my feelings and, and my reasoning, you know, pretty clear to, to a lot of people. And I'd like to think that, you know, if, if there was a disagreement or, you know, a, a difference of opinion, that it would be cool that, you know, guys could come and talk to me about that. Um, but, you know, again, as I said, I did what I thought was, was, was going to help us get a little bit of a spark and get an opportunity to, uh, to win and get into the playoffs. Look, I'm not going to be a phony. Uh, I was fine with Rod Rivera benching Taylor Heineke in favor of Carson Wentz. Carson offers more upside than Taylor does. That was the whole point of trading for Carson. And as much as people like to rewrite history, the truth is that Carson in two of the previous three seasons had been decent, if not good. His 2020 season was horrendous, but his 2019 and 2021 seasons weren't bad. But I also said that Carson, like Taylor, is a high-variance quarterback. Carson's good can be quite good, but his bad can be awful. And sadly, what we got against the Browns was a special kind of awful from Carson. He did look good in his relief appearance in the fourth quarter of the loss at the San Francisco 49ers on Christmas Eve, but uh, that ended up meaning nothing. Uh, More from Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on Carson's start in the loss to the Browns. I was was looking for the spark. I mean, you know, we were... 0-2-1 0-2-1 in the last three games and the way he performed in, in that in that last quarter against San Francisco I mean I was I was feeling pretty comfortable with him pretty confident that he'd come out and would be able to do that again and then quite honestly after the the the, the drive to end the half I felt pretty good about us coming out I mean I I didn't expect it to to to, to you know play out the way it did I, I really didn't I I just based on what I saw last week, I, I really thought that um, you know we we would get um, 
you know, we, we would we would get a little bit of a spark. Yeah, there was no spark for the Commanders on Sunday afternoon. Uh, there was a dumpster fire, but there was no spark. As for what now for the Commanders at quarterback, I'll get to that next. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Make your business or practice in 2023 bigger than ever by advertising on the Al Galdi podcast. If you would like to advertise your business or practice on the pod and reach thousands of people every episode and grow your business or practice, hit us up. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Commander's head coach Rod Rivera during his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon off the 24-10 loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon and then the official elimination of the Commanders from postseason contention on Sunday evening said that he had not made a decision on who the Commander's starting quarterback will be for their season finale, uh, a game against the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 425. I cannot emphasize the following enough. There is zero point in the commanders starting Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke at quarterback against the Cowboys. Uh, Carson as a commander is done. Taylor is set to be an unrestricted free agent. I hope 
that the commanders resign Taylor, but he may no longer want to resign with the team. And even if he does want to resign with the team, one more start for him this season would not be of any real value. Look, one start for any quarterback isn't of great value, but the guy who needs to be the commander starting quarterback for this game against the Cowboys is Sam Howell. The commanders took Sam Howell in the fifth round of the 2022 NFL draft, but he's not your normal fifth round rookie. Uh, Sam was the number 34 player on Pro Football Focus's big board for the 2022 draft, and yet the commanders took Sam with the number 144 pick in the draft, an excellent value pick. Uh, Sam in the 2021 offseason was a candidate to be the number one overall pick in the 2022 draft. Uh, Sam Howell has Taylor Heineke-like mobility, but Sam has a stronger arm than Taylor has. Now, what does all of this mean? Who knows? But let's start to find out. Let's begin the process of finding out with Sam being the commander starting quarterback for this game against the Cowboys this Sunday afternoon. Uh, For whatever it's worth, Sam did look good in the preseason, uh, during which, yes, he was facing backups, but also, yes, he was playing with backups. Uh, Sam Howell for the 2022 preseason was number one among all NFL quarterbacks with a rushing grade for pro football focus of 85.9. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. And, you know, I know it's week 18 of the NFL season, and I'm breaking down Sam Howell's PFF rushing grade from the preseason. Not ideal. I get it. But hey, such is life. Uh, Give me Sam Howell. Give me Sam I am as the commander starting quarterback this Sunday afternoon. It is imperative that the commanders, as they prepare for yet another offseason quarterback search, begin to get an idea of what they have in Sam Howell. And again, he's not your normal fifth round rookie quarterback. Uh, This was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on how he's approaching this season finale against the Cowboys. Well, we're playing to win. I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean, that's that, that's how I feel about it. I mean, you know, the, the the truth of the matter is, you know, that's that's how we approached yesterday. It was all about winning. Uh, you know, so much mo- so much so for m- myself personally that, you know, uh, I know I made a, a little bit of a gaffe yesterday, not realizing that we could get knocked out of the playoffs. But to be honest with you, I never thought we would lose. I mean, I was anticipating winning. I was anticipating getting our game flexed to Sunday at eight thirty, so everybody had to play and. Then everybody had to watch us because, you know, Dallas might have something right on it as well. So that was the way I looked at it. That was my mentality. You know, it wasn't about losing. It was about winning. So um, that's how we approach this game. We're going to play it to win. All right. So a few things from Rod Rivera in that cut. He, regarding the season finale against the Cowboys, did say, quote, we're playing to win, end quote. Uh, I would not expect Ron to say anything else. Uh, He publicly should not say anything else. But Let me make this crystal clear. The commanders are better off losing this game. What is in the best interests of the commanders is them losing this game. What is in the best interests of the commanders is them finishing this 2022 regular season 7-9-1 as opposed to 8-8-1 or I suppose 7-8-2. Uh, so as to get as good of a position as is realistically possible at this point in the 2023 NFL Draft. And yes, good players are everywhere in NFL Drafts, no doubt. But that's not what this is about. What this is about 
is potentially having to trade up in what is supposedly a quarterback-rich 2023 draft. The Commanders right now would have the number 14 pick in the first round of the 2023 draft. If they're going to need to trade into the top five, maybe even the top three of the draft in order to get the quarterback who they want, trading up from, say, 10 is easier than trading up from 14. And maybe the commanders do not have to trade up as high as the top three or top five, but we don't know. Me wanting the commanders to improve their positioning in the 2023 draft is far more about me wanting them to have picks with higher trade values than anything else. And I really hope that Ron Rivera believes this too. Uh, By the way, he later in his Zoom presser on Monday afternoon reiterated that the commanders on Sunday afternoon will be playing to win. Uh, Also, Rod in that cut that I just played for you did address his uh, (laughs) boo-boo from his post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon, him admitting that he did not know that the commanders could be officially eliminated from playoff contention on Sunday. And of course, they were officially eliminated from playoff contention on Sunday. I did a whole segment on this on Monday's show episode 476. I stand by what I said. Ron not knowing that the commanders could be officially eliminated from playoff contention on Sunday was embarrassing. He clearly agrees with that to at least some extent because he, during his Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon, called this, quote, a little bit of a gaffe, end quote, and made it a point to bring up the gaffe during the Zoom presser. Uh, I have heard from some people, not many, but a few, asking, well, why was Ron not knowing that the commanders could be officially eliminated from playoff contention on Sunday is such a problem. Two reasons. A, not knowing that your season from a postseason contention standpoint can end can affect in-game strategy, i.e. maybe Ron, in the loss to the Browns, would have benched his starting quarterback, Carson Wentz, who was atrocious in favor of Taylor Heineke. Uh, B, if Ron actually didn't know that the team for which he is serving as head coach in a coach-centric approach could be eliminated from playoff contention on Sunday, what else doesn't he know? What else hasn't he known? Like, you do start to question, hmm, um, how exactly informed is this guy of everything about which he needs to be informed? But I will say this, kudos to Ron for acknowledging the gaffe. Doesn't make the gaffe okay, but at least he has offered an explanation and he has not gotten all defensive. Speaking of defense, uh, where are we at with that with the commanders? More now on the commanders of commanders head coach Rod Rivera's day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon of the 24-10 loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. Uh, The commander's defense, uh, look, if the commander's offense wasn't so bad, the performance of the commander's defense on Sunday afternoon could have been good enough to win. But as we know, this commander's offense is bad and requires like greatness from the team's defense in order for the team to win. And when the defense delivers a performance that is sub grade, the commanders are in trouble. Uh, The commander's defense on Sunday was without a lot of key guys. Uh, Interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen suffered a left knee injury early in the second quarter, ultimately played on just 
30% of the commander's defensive snaps. Corner Benjamin St. Juice was inactive for a third time in four games due to his right ankle injury that he suffered in the win at the Houston Texans in Week 11. Safety Cameron Curl was inactive for a second consecutive game due to his ankle injury. Edge defender James Smith-Williams was inactive due to a concussion that he suffered in the loss at the San Francisco 49ers in Week 16. Uh, also, linebacker Cole Holcomb and interior defensive lineman Fedarian Mathis remain on the reserve injured list. The commander's defense on Sunday was sans a number of significant pieces, and that in combination with the defense just not playing as well as it can resulted in the defense having some issues. So the commanders got dissected by Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson in the second half. Watson in the second half, 6 of 10 for 146 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Uh, The commanders in the game sacked Watson five times, but in the second half sacked him just once. Also, the commanders on Sunday afternoon allowed Browns running back Nick Chubb to have 14 carries for 104 yards, a yards per carry of 7.43, and the commanders generated no takeaways. Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon on the defense having been without Cam Curl and Benjamin St. Juice in recent weeks. Well, I, you know, it's, 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 it's tough on those guys because there are certain things that you want to do um, and, and certain ways that we place, you know, certain other things in, in the game. I mean, there's some situational stuff that we had to alter, um, you know, and, and uh, we tried to replace, you know, uh, Cam by committee and, and you know, having different guys play, play the positions that he did. You know, we played a linebacker at, at that at that Buffalo position. We 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 played, uh, you know, some DBs at the um, at, at the other position that we use them in in the box. So it 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 it, it was I don't know. It was just it was one of those things. I mean, it was it was by committee, and I think it, I think it might have slowed Jack down a little bit. Um, you know, because they'd been very creative with the things that they've been able to do using uh, Cam's ability. And then with Benjamin, you know, not having, you know, the, the, your top corner out there is it, it, it does stretch you a little bit. But, you know, again, I, I do think Danny came in and, and played some pretty solid football as well. But, you know, maybe, you know, some of the things that Jack wanted to do schematically, uh, it, it might have probably slowed him down. All right. So an interesting assessment there from Rod Rivera on the impact of the defense having been without Cam Curl and Benjamin St. Juice in recent weeks. Talked about defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio being slowed down by not having Cam and the Juice. Uh, Also, how about Rotten referring to Benjamin St. Juice as the team's number one corner? Uh, That's not shocking, but that is an official crowning of the Juice as the team's number one corner ahead of Kendall Fuller, who, remember, the team uh, spent decent money on as an unrestricted free agent in March 2020. Uh, By the way, Ron mentioned corner Danny Johnson. Uh, He, on Sunday afternoon, played on 100% of the commander's defensive snaps. And he, for the game, was the highest graded commander's player for pro football focus as he registered an overall grade of 90. Uh, The second highest graded commander's player for PFF for the game was edge defender Chase Young, who was good for a second time in as many games in the 2022 season. Uh, Chase, in the loss at the Niners, made his 2022 season debut, of course, off having not played in a game since suffering a torn right knee in a win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field on November 14th, 2021. Uh, Chase, in that loss at the Niners, played on 30 of the commander's defensive snaps, a lot more than the 12 to 16 defensive snaps that 
he had been expected to play, and he, for the game, was the highest-graded Commanders player for Pro Football Focus. Overall grade of 87.4. Well, Chase, in the loss to the Browns, played on 67% of the Commanders' defensive snaps, and he, for the game, was the Commanders' second-highest-graded player for PFF. Overall grade of 73.8. So, so far, so good for Chase Young. Uh, The Commanders, in the loss to the Browns, again, rotated three offensive linemen over two spots. Second consecutive game that we had this. The Commanders' starting offensive line was Charles Leno Jr. at left tackle, Andrew Norwell at left guard, Wes Schweitzer at center, Trey Turner at right guard, and Cornelius Lucas at right tackle. Leno, Schweitzer, and Norwell each played on 100% of the Commanders' offensive snaps, but the Commanders, again, rotated Cornelius Lucas and Samuel Cosme at right tackle, and we also had Cosme playing some at right guard for Trey Turner. Uh, Lucas started and played on 61% of the Commanders' offensive snaps. Cosme played on 70% of the Commanders' offensive snaps, and Turner played on 70% of the commander's offensive snaps. Uh, This is not normal, (laughs) what the commanders have done this season. First in rotating Lucas and Cosme at right tackle, and now over these last two games, having rotated Lucas and Cosme at right tackle and Turner and Cosme at right guard. Now, I did not think that the commander's offensive line on Sunday afternoon was the problem that the line has been so often this season. But understand, these rotations that the commanders are employing, uh, the rotations are not normal, okay? And they would appear to be because the team doesn't love any of these guys as a full-time guy. In other words, the rotations would seem to be another indictment of the quality of the offensive line. Uh, One more thing, receiver Jahan Dodson. Uh, I want to make clear that Jahan overall is having a terrific rookie season. He, for the 2022 regular season, is number one on the commanders in touchdown receptions with seven. Uh, This despite having played in just 11 of the team's 16 games due to injury. Uh, Remember, he missed five consecutive games due to a hamstring injury. But, you know, for all of the talk about how great Jahan's hands are, he has had some drops lately. Uh, Jahan, in the loss to the Browns, had two drops. Uh, The commander's sixth offensive drive was their second offensive drive of the second half, resulted in a third-quarter punt. The fourth snap of the drive, first and 10 for the commanders at their 48. Jahan Dodson, a drop on a first and 10 shotgun incompletion by quarterback Carson Wentz. Then on the commander's eighth offensive drive, uh, this was the drive that resulted in Carson's third interception of the game, his fourth quarter interception. Uh, Second snap of the drive, second and four for the commanders at their 31. Carson did throw low, but Jahan Dodson did not come through with a catch that he could have made on what was ultimately a deep shotgun in completion. Again, the throw from Carson was not good, but Jahan could have made the catch. Uh, he got his hands on the football, but he did not make the catch. Uh, also, remember what happened in the loss at the Niners on Christmas Eve. Commanders' first offensive drive, opening drive of the game, resulted in a first quarter three and down, but should have resulted in a touchdown. Third snap of the drive, third and six for the Commanders at their 21. Jahan Dodson, a drop on a deep shotgun incompletion. By quarterback Taylor Heineke. Jahan did a nice job of shedding the Niners defensive back, Diamador Lenore, but then appeared to lose the ball in the sun. 
if Jahan makes that catch, uh, which should have resulted in a touchdown, Taylor might still be the commander's starting quarterback. So again, Jahan Dotson overall, very good rookie season. Drops do happen, but drops have been a bit of an issue for him lately. All right, before we call it a show, uh, the Nationals, a few things with them. Uh, the Nats have signed infielder Michael Chavis to a minor league contract. Uh, the Nats this offseason have taken flyers on a number of guys. Uh, nothing wrong with doing that as a rebuilding team. Uh, the Nats need all of the help that the team can get. Uh, Chavis was taken by the Boston Red Sox with the number 26 pick in the 2014 MLB draft. He has not played well at the major league level with the Red Sox and Pittsburgh Pirates, but this coming season will be just his age 27 season. Uh, also, Steve Ciszek, a reliever for the Nats this past season, uh, he is retiring, uh, said so to the Bourne Enterprise in Massachusetts. So the Nats last offseason signed Ciszek to a one-year $1.75 million deal. Uh, this past season, his age 36 season, things did not go well. Uh, he issued a ton of hit-by-pitches, gave up a lot of home runs, and so his major league career is done. You know, the Nats over the last two seasons have had a lot of guys who've ended up retiring after those seasons. Uh, that says quite a bit about what the Nats have been these last two seasons and why the Nats have been uh, what they have been these last two seasons. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 478, will feature a special guest talking commanders, Scott Abraham, sports anchor for ABC7 in Washington, D.C., the host of Sports Talk on WJLA 24-7 News. Uh, Scott asks some of the most pointed questions of anyone who covers the commanders. Scott, as you may recall, is the guy who got yelled at by team president Jason Wright for a line of questioning in a sit-down interview with quarterback Carson Wentz this past August. Uh, funny looking back on that now. Hey, maybe Jason will yell at Scott for something that he says on Wednesday show. Uh, but Scott knows the team well, so looking forward to getting his perspective on the state of the commanders as their 2022 playoffless season is coming to an end. Uh, also, on Wednesday's show, I'll talk Capitals. The Caps are home to the Buffalo Sabres Tuesday night at 7. I'll talk Wizards, so the Wizards at the Milwaukee Bucks Tuesday night at 8. By the way, the NBA on Monday afternoon named the Wizards Chris Stamps Porzingis as Eastern Conference Player of the Week for games played December 26th through January 1st. And I, on Wednesday's show, will talk Virginia basketball. The Cavaliers are at Pitt Tuesday night at 9. The Cavs are number 11 in the new Associated Press Top 25 poll that came out on Monday. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Well, I think the biggest thing that, you know, that, that, that's been the toughest thing right now is, is really being able to, to solidify the QB1 spot. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. 
For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.